Welcome back to the Morning Kick podcast. This is a replay episode from the live YouTube, Facebook and LinkedIn show produced by Excite Media. We encourage you if you're looking at digital marketing, website design, to contact us via excitemedia.com.au. Now let's revisit one of our earlier programs and join our guest. Good morning, Kicksters. Welcome to Tuesday morning, a new fresh week, already kind of powering into July. And this morning, we're going to be talking all about recruitment. You know, through the whole issue that we've been having with COVID-19, there has been concerns about how we're going to retain staff, how we're going to keep things moving along, keep the business humming. And you can imagine how it's affected organisations such as the uh, the hospitality sector, etc. But things are starting to change now, although, of course, we feel for our, our cousins down in Victoria and New South Wales as they deal with this matter. But businesses are starting to think about what the second half of the year looks like and also what does 2021 look like i think one of the interesting things that's come out of this is that businesses are rethinking their makeup how they're positioned a lot of people are looking at the idea of working from home what does that look like and how can they accommodate their staff in doing so and then the next thing that comes in how do you attract the staff that are going to fit the new business model well, this morning we have the privilege of bringing on to the morning kick Michael Simony from Simony Recruitment. And Michael, it's a real privilege to have you along board. You've got an expertise in this area that I want to tap into and get some advice for and look at how small business can attract that big talent. Welcome to the morning kick. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate the opportunity. Now, you're not just a fly-by-night recruiter. You've been in this business for some time. Uh, tell us how long you've been involved in the industry. 17 glorious years so so yeah it has been a little while and it's uh, it's an industry that can be a little transient i guess so um yeah i've seen a fair few people come and go over that time well tell us how you actually initially got attracted into the industry was it through some particular event or or something that was happening in your life that you thought oh, i'm going to give recruitment a go um i'd love to see there was a grand plan but i think most people you come across in recruitment say they they stumbled into it one way or another so like many people i was uh, searching for a position had a couple of interviews uh, a couple of recruiters suggested maybe you'd like to look at recruiting as an option uh, the more i looked into it the more research i did the more people i spoke to the more it made sense so i thought yep, yeah, this is something that's that's worth trying and um here i am 17 years later i haven't left Oh, tell me what's held you into the role as well. What, what do you think are the things that um, kind of get you passionate about recruitment and what do you think is attractive to somebody who may also be considering a career in recruitment? I think um, you have to have a genuine level of care for the, for the people you're dealing with and uh, both clients and candidates. And uh, you really have to be genuinely motivated by, by delivering outcomes that, that make people's careers and lives better and, and your clients' businesses better. Um, and, and that's what led me down the, the small business or family business path, because I, I was able to make uh, more of an impact in, in smaller organisations than I could when recruiting for corporates. But, but if you don't have that level of care, then it's literally just a transaction for money. And, and while you might do well out of it financially, I, I'd like to think there's a bit more sort of purpose to, to what I do, or in my mind anyway. 
there must be almost a, um, a facilitation role, it's a bit of a counselling role. Um, you're dealing with the employer's needs, you're dealing with the employee's needs. Do you feel like you're a little bit like the United Nations trying to get a diplomatic union happening? Uh, there can be a bit of that. It's uh, sometimes you, you feel like you're in the in the you're the barber and and people are uh, are pouring out their uh, their hopes and fears and dreams. So there's a bit of that. But but again, that's um, if you don't find that engaging, if you're not um, if you don't find that genuinely interesting and, and motivating to be around, then then you're probably not in the right industry. Well, one of the things you've been able to tap into is your care and concern for family businesses and how that um, needs a, a real. I guess, unique touch when it comes to recruitment. But just before we go into that for a moment, what's your feeling in, in the market as far as um, recruitment as a whole? Are you starting to see people pick up their interest in employing for the second half or are things still kind of being tentatively taken care of, a little bit of caution? Uh, look, I think there's a bit of both. So there's there are sectors that obviously have been really badly affected and, and we all see them, we have hospitality, tourism and the like, and that's that's terrible. But beyond that, um, there, there's a fair bit of resilience out there. A lot of the businesses I deal with are in manufacturing, processing, industrial type of arenas, um, and, and they're actually trading very strongly. Uh, I've got quite a few clients who are literally struggling to keep up with demand for capacity oh, when it comes to production. So there's, as much as a lot of the headline stories that are really quite sad ones, there's actually a, a, a lot happening that Perhaps isn't hitting the the presses as much, and um, you know there are a lot of clients I'm dealing with who haven't qualified for JobKeeper are uh, looking beyond the short term now. They've got through the fear and, and maybe the initial uncertainty, and while there's still concern about what the future's going to bring, there's um, they're, they're looking beyond the, the short term, and and that brings with it the need to hire. So I've had a number of assignments where I've started the the process in say February, early March, recruitment was put on hold as COVID bit. Um, and, and lockdown started to happen, and those assignments have since been restarted over the last three or four weeks. So there's a there's a, a definite positivity or and, and cautious optimism, I'd say. It's like people starting to look through the pandemic rather than looking at the pandemic itself. It, very much so, and I think that um, perhaps at, at the risk of talking my own book here feeds into the family business dynamic, where the, where there's generally speaking a a longer term view of the world, perhaps a more patient view of the world in terms of uh, of, of looking to to make investments and, and therefore hiring decisions for the longer term rather than for the next quarter or, or even the, the 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 new financial year. I want to talk very briefly about um, the, the family business dynamic, what makes it different, and then come back and talk about when should I recruit. So first of all, looking at family businesses, you've got a unique focus in this area. Can you describe the type of businesses that you work with? There are typically two profiles. One is the um, the, the, the long established, so um, maybe over 50 years, maybe 100 years, multi-generational, so that the business is now run by second, third, fourth generation. Um, they, they've become quite sophisticated, if you like, often have properly formed boards with non-executive independent directors. Um, they're corporatized to the extent that they've got proper processes and systems, investment in technology, um, but the, the fam they're still very much family owned. Uh, and the other profile is typically your, your founder-led younger business um, that, that's all about growth and, and the, the scaling up kind of mentality, I guess. Um, I'm not talking about any tech startup there, but it might be a, maybe a $5 million business with a, with a founder wanting to get that to $50 million in revenue over the next 10 years. So they, they've got quite an aggressive growth path ahead of them. 
Michael, when you think of a family business and, and you talked about uh, situations like multi-generational or a founder, is it fair to say that there's a certain amount of pride in either the brand or the business that um, a family business is almost wanting to be protected? Very much so. And it can be, um, there, are, there are family business owners who have a real sense of uh, legacy of creating something beyond themselves for future generations. That's not just for their family. Often it, that includes their staff. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a sense of of pride, ownership, responsibility that goes with that. Um, a, a number of clients have made comments about the, the fact that their, their biggest source of pride currently is not having to let people go and being able to protect their, their people's jobs. So that um, that that feeling of uh, almost social responsibility and, and responsibility to um, in future generations um, of their own family is, is very strong. So when we think of recruitment, often we think of, I've got a vacancy. Something's happened, a staff member's moved overseas, not happening as much these days, or they've moved out to another opportunity, and suddenly there's a gap in my team and I need to fill it. But is that the most common um, reason that people need to recruit? Uh, look, look, typically, I guess it is, but, um, but in family businesses, I, I find that a lot of the recruitment is done around Sure, if somebody leaves, you need to replace them. And that's, I guess, your fairly traditional circumstance. And, and that happens plenty of times, uh, but often it's more forward thinking. So it's recruiting a, a, a manufacturing manager at a higher level than, than you've had within the business previously to increase capability, or it's bringing in um, a sales director because the, the business is um, outgrown its, its sales process and its structures and disciplines and, and needs more professional expertise so there's a lot of future planning that tends to go on and sometimes that can feed into the succession planning piece within families as well where you might have a, a founder or, or a current incumbent generation um, that's getting older and looking to step away from day-to-day -day control and uh, and and it, it, there's nobody in the family who's going to pick up the reins and, and run the business but they want to remain the owners so there, there are a lot of dynamics that go on beyond the the normal if you like somebody's left and I need to find a replacement for them. The one thing that crossed my mind in this whole area of recruitment is if you wait for the vacancy, sometimes you're going to market at a time when there isn't the talent that you want. So when is the best time to start recruiting and finding the best talent? Uh, early. So so it's separate to what I might do in, in terms of a, a specific assignment, I think businesses generally and and, and family businesses typically uh, do a fairly ordinary job of um, of creating a, a talent bench, if you like. So looking at what their future hiring needs might be, even as simple as creating a database of of, of people who who may be you've tripped across in in your travels in an industry and and you you want to keep up your sleeve to be able to approach if an opportunity comes along. So, so that forward planning around around likely hiring needs down the track and preparing for that typically isn't done terribly well. Um, it, it, the, you should expect a recruit a thorough recruitment process anyway to take at least a month and probably closer to two by the time you've done a, a search and interview processes and a psychometric assessment, all that sort of thing. So, so earlier is better. Um, but. And again, you, I mean, if somebody resigns and, and you're going to finish them up straight away, for instance, well, then those, those circumstances are always going to happen. It's the work that you've done in, in preparation of the potential of that happening that, that will determine how quickly you can get a, the right replacement. 
and you, you say one to two months, and I know if, uh, if you're looking at some C-class positions, you may, may need to work with three-month notice periods and the like and be looking at quite a bit longer again. Yeah, that, that's very common. So uh, it's it, early is better, most definitely. Uh, another area that I just wanted to touch on, Michael, and this has kind of been prompted by what's been happening around the traps in the NRL season. Three of the top coaches, all of them dismissed because of performance. Paul Green from the Cowboys, the most recent. And you feel for these guys because they are talented, but they're moving on because it's the right time for the club, right time for them. Do you think the clubs are kind of recruiting behind the scenes for players and things all the time? And and does small business, should it be doing the same thing? Well, if, if the clubs aren't, they certainly should be. Um, and uh, and, and I'm, I can't imagine that they're not. Um, I'm, I'm a football soccer fan and, and have been watching what Jurgen Klopp did with Liverpool um, over the last few years and, and the, um, the amount of work behind the scenes that's gone into the recruitment piece there is phenomenal. And obviously they have huge resources and a, a family business doesn't have that necessarily well, at all, but, um, but there's still the, the philosophy is still the same. It's, it's a matter of identifying talent, qualifying it. And, and you might do that on an informal basis as part of your, your, your normal day-to-day, -day. you know, you, you come across a, a sales rep at a, at a trade show and, and they strike you as having something about them that's a little bit out of the box. So you, you make sure that you learn a bit about them, connect with them on LinkedIn, make sure that you look them up when, when there are other conferences, start a conversation. It might be casual, it might be infrequent, but you form a relationship with somebody and, and that can often circumvent the, the, the formal recruitment process. And if that does me out of a job and a client, or out of an assignment and a client gets the right person at the right time, that's great. That's a fantastic result. That's, and that's what you want. Now, a little bit of um, disappointing news. I'm loving the way that the football news comes in at just the appropriate times for me. So we had Ron Vasley, uh, uh, Ronsley Vaz, I should say, on the show the other day as Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-1. And now I've just heard that Arsenal's into the finals of the FA Cup against Chelsea coming up. Just feeling so good about the club right now. Well, on to more important well, things. Recruitment. As a, as a Manchester Michael. United fan, I'm, I'm not loving the result against Chelsea the other day. So the, the FA Cup's kind of banned as a topic right now. <laughs> so circling back, I want to know how, as you've said, small business can attract great talent. What are some tips that you can give us that um, a small business can either present itself well to be attractive, to bring in the right people? Uh, I, I think it, it, it probably starts with the, um, the, the realisation that, that there's no reason why small businesses can't attract the best talent out there. There's a, uh, I, I think sometimes a, a misconception that uh, the, the great performers want to work for big corporates. And, uh, and I, in my experience, that's simply not the case. In the same way, perhaps, that, um, that I get engaged by the ability to make a, a significant impact on a, on a client when they're a smaller business, uh, I, I find a lot of motivated people uh, find the same sort of uh, intrinsic uh, value, if you like, in, in being able to make a significant impact in their roles in a business. And there's poten potentially more ability to do that in a smaller company than there is in a, in a big corporate. Um, I think some of the, the things in terms of the em employer brand value are fairly simple and, and quite inexpensive to do. Some of it's simply your, your social profile, making sure that, that when somebody goes to do some research on you, your, your, your website is at a, at a level that, that's going to be attractive and, and really be an enhancer. Um, you've got a, a good LinkedIn profile. You've got regular content being broadcast. The business looks and feels professional from the outside. Uh, that, that's particularly important. Uh, and then, then there's the engagement with 
prospective candidates. So uh, it, it's about how you frame your conversations with them. It's about uh, showing genuine concern and care for, for where they want their careers to go as much as engaging with them is learning about whether their skills and competencies are the right fit for your business. Showing that you care about your business being the right career step for them is equally important. And that's something as, a, as an owner or, or a leader within a, a small or a family owned business, uh, you've got personal, the, the personal ability to do. Uh, whereas if that uh, those conversations, that interaction is being led by the HR function within a corporate, there's, you, you should win that battle for talent hands down. Nobody's going to tell your story as well as you will. And that ability to, to speak to and engage people gives you a, a real leg up as far as I'm concerned. It's really interesting that um, sometimes you can get things lost in translation in terms of the passion for the business direction, particularly, I guess, when it comes to senior appointments. I couldn't agree with you more. You can't hide behind the HR. You've got to get involved in making those choices yourself. One of the things I wanted to make sure people knew where to go if they want to touch base with Michael is to go to his web website at simony.com.au and you can go along here, you'll find out all the information that you need as far as testimonials of Michael's work over 17 years, as well as the type of businesses that he enjoys working with. So do visit the website, you'll be able to find a bit more about his background, and to be able to, of course, contact Michael and find out all of the details that are available, including his mobile phone number there. Michael, um, talk about the process of actually getting a new hire. Um, you mentioned that they should start early. So what are some of the things that you would work on? Is it as simple as getting a job description together or is there more involved? No, it's, it's um, so position descriptions are typically not my friend. Uh, they tend to be a, um, a, a laundry list of responsibilities and duties, but, but very, very rarely talk to outcomes. So the conversations I have with the with a client are around what success looks like. So if we're going to be celebrating having the right person in and, and having done a stellar job at, at getting that person on board in a year's time after they've been hired, what is it they've achieved? Let, let's define what success looks like. And then, then your recruitment process is done against that. If we, we want somebody who's got a proven ability to deliver those outcomes and is motivated to do it again in your business. Um, most of the people I recruit into positions are, um, <clears throat> are are searched for rather than responding to ads. So, like everybody, I use Seek, but um, but over eighty percent of the people who I actually place in the roles I recruit didn't come through responding to a Seek ad. It's come through me making an approach to them. So that's referrals, networking, mapping the market, those sorts of things. Um, and while I can do that. Um, perhaps more readily than a small business owner who has to run a business as well. And my day job is going to find for those, find those people. So, so that gives me the, the advantage of, of being able to devote time and energy to it. Um, th there's no reason why a, a small business owner can't do some of that, at least on a limited scale themselves. But it's very much about defining what success looks like and then going out and searching for people who have got a proven ability to deliver those results. Well, this has been really good, very informative. I hope that people will be able to touch base with Michael and find out more. But I want to turn this on its head a little bit and ask you how you attract people to come and work for family business. So obviously, um, sometimes you've got that role, you've got the outcomes, but now you've got to convince somebody to leave corporate or to come into family business as being the right choice for them. What are, what's a bit of the sales pitch that you would put on the table? 
Uh, well, to be honest, the, the, the first thing is that it isn't a sales pitch. So the, the initial conversations I have with people when I make an approach is uh, to understand what it is that would make a move a positive career step for them. And, and if and typically I'm approaching people who aren't actively in the job market. So they have, they're not currently considering leaving. And that, that means they, they sometimes need to go away and reflect on that. If, if I was to, to make a move, what would make that a positive career step for me? Now, money's always gonna be part of that conversation, but, but I, I initially I wanna part that and, and talk about what their, their ambitions, what their motivations are. Um, I'll outline the role. I'm very transparent about it. I'll, I'll talk about who the client is, what, what the, the pitfalls and, and what the challenges are, as well as what the good bits are. There's, there's no point selling the, the good aspects of a job and ignoring the challenges or the hurdles somebody's going to face. And, and intrinsically motivated people are, are motivated by challenges. So if it was just a matter of coming into a role and maintaining the status quo, why would somebody move? That's, that, that's just trading one business card for another and maybe a bit of an uptick in money, but that's that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who's, who's motivated to make a difference. So understanding, it, it really is about uh, understanding about where that person's at and where they would like to be and, and then assessing that against what the, the position and, and the business has to offer. And many times that, that means that either I or that person will say, look, this isn't the right role right now and, and we should part as friends and perhaps we'll talk again down the track. So um, I, I don't think there's a trick to it or that there's a, um, that there's a way that you go about selling the opportunity. I think if you're doing that, you're not doing the right thing by your client as well as by prospective candidates. There's no point in, in, in putting a candidate into a role that they're not going to be suited for to click the ticket and earn a fee, only to have them leave six or 12 months later. That's not success for, for the client, for the candidate, nor for me. Uh, that's some really good advice, and I hope that as you've been listening, uh, you'll have an opportunity to reach out and talk to Michael. And whether you've been here live or on the replay, thanks for, again for being on The Morning Kick. Michael, look forward to catching up in another episode and talk more things recruitment. Thanks very much, Andrew. It's been terrific. Well, there you go. If you go to simony.com.au, you'll be able to um, touch base with Michael and find out about how he and his services are able to help the recruitment for your business to ensure that you are able to attract and hire the right talent. This has been another episode of The Morning Kick. Just very quickly before we go, make sure that you pop along to the Excite Media website. Always keen to talk to people that are looking at their digital marketing, particularly at this um, time. We've been finding that a lot of people are preparing for 2021. And so whether it's through websites, SEO, making sure that your organic search is improving the type of customers that are coming to your website, Maybe you're looking for leads or sales, have a talk to us. We'd love to be able to chat to you about how Excite Media can assist with your digital marketing. Thanks again for being on The Morning Kick, and we'll see you on Thursday. Now, this time, we're going to be interviewing the founder of Cafe 63, a hospitality cafe that is absolutely growing, but we'll find out what they've learned through COVID-19.